Thank you. I'm talking this morning. We're finishing up actually a series. We've been talking about marriage and family. And today I want to close this thing out with conflict resolution. You know, how to how to have a good fight. You know, how to how to deal with a struggle. But you know, life has so much struggle. What Proverbs seventeen seventeen talks about that we're born for adversity. And I thought of I just got a note. I didn't realize Tib is still struggling with pneumonia, guys. Been struggling a long time. And I thought about you know when we say disease, we don't stop and think what it, the word means. Disease. There's ease. No, you're not at ease, right? So there's that conflict with health. There's conflict all around our world as we appreciated Bill's prayer and mention of the fact, you know, we're called to care about not just our neck of the woods, but the world. And the world's in turmoil. And so we're called to we're called to pray for the world. There is in one sense conflict everywhere. Whether it's our own bodies or whether it's our homes or uh, extending out from our communities, the nation, um, to the world. And, of course, today, man, I'm just focusing on husband and wife conflict. And so turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 25 through 32. I'm going to ask if you'll stand in God's honor as I read from the text. Uh, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, so that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Let's pray. Here we are, Lord. You know us. You know how we have a tendency to fight. We fight against you. Sometimes we fight against each other. Sometimes we fight our most cherished ones in home. Father, I pray this morning as we look at your word and we consider four keys to a good fight. Uh, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would clearly lead. And Father, that we would continue to hear from you. I thank you how you have already spoken in this service to us. Continue speaking now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I listened to to a clip last week uh, that Franklin Graham had posted of his dad, Billy Graham, from a sermon that he had preached earlier. Man, it was a powerful two-minute clip. And, of course, I couldn't help but think, 
of the days where they asked his wife, Ruth, Ruth Belgram, have you ever thought about divorce with Billy? I mean, everybody knows, hey, look, just because you're a preacher, you're a world-class evangelist, it doesn't mean there's not some trouble at home. So, so they, asked, they asked her, have you ever thought about divorcing him? She said, no, but I have thought about murdering him. <laughs> wow, boy, isn't that honest. Sometimes there is conflict. And, and, you know, is it any wonder? I mean, on the one hand, we have uh, men and we have women, and they are two different creatures. I mean, sometimes it's really hard for one to understand the other, is it not? You know, I remember this uh, one title of a book, I think it was, it said, Men are microwaves and women are crockpots. Boy, that's got a lot. It's got a lot of road to travel, guys. I won't go down through there, but there are differences. So it's no wonder because sometimes we just think so differently. Men and women do, and it can cause conflict. And secondly, which we even share more together, we're all sinners. The Bible says for all, it's a big little word, all, for all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. We're all strugglers. We all have those issues that we try to deal with. Hang on. I, um, I, I served uh, as an intern on the church when I was in school, Bible, Bible school. And Miles Seaborn was the pastor. And I don't really remember any of Pastor Miles' sermons, as I'm sure you guys don't remember any of mine either. I know how it goes. But I do remember one, one sentence from serving out there in Texas with, uh, with Brother Miles. He said, a lot of marriages are like two ticks on a dog sucking it dry. And I have never forgotten that. You know, this, this dog, and what are the ticks? And boy, we found something now. And, and, and what's, what's the ticks doing? What can the dog give me? I just want the dog to give it all. I want all that blood. Okay, enough of that picture. <laughs> but the picture here is that you have a husband and wife, and they're thinking, you got to take care of me. you got to meet my needs. you got to be sensitive to me. And guys, out of that can come conflict. As I already mentioned, it's really not a question, is there ever going to be conflict? But rather the question is, how do we deal with a conflict? And that's what we want to look at this morning as we uncover this text of scripture uh, the other day cindy and i we get up in the morning we have coffee together talk about bible passage we're reading and try to pray together we had just mentioned about you know how sometimes you do kind of get upset with each other and sometimes you just got to be smart enough to say take a breath back off a little bit and think about this be kind before you uh Go deeper in discussion before walls come up and then you can't talk. And so anyway, in that conversation, I thought, yeah, dear, that is so wise. But anyway, let, let's look at our text here. That first verse here, verse 25, the first point here is to be honest without lying. It says to put off falsehood, to truthfully speak to your neighbor. Now, a couple points here. Number one here, uh, most counselors say there's four issues that cause a lot of conflict. The first of those issues is money. Boy, money can cause some conflict, can it? Another one is, is sex. Get back to that uh, crockpot microwave thing. Uh, but anyway, that can cause all kinds of problems there. Children, 
man, children can just sap energy uh, when they're when they're little, and uh, when you lose sleep, it's sometimes hard to deny. Sometimes it's not. And then communication is the fourth issue. These four hot buttons that can cause conflict. And, and you can't just ignore the conflict. If you ignore the conflict, that doesn't make the conflict go away. It's still there, whether you want it to be or not. You can wish it away, but that does not get rid of the conflict. Uh, probably most everybody in here has used a pressure cooker. And those things are amazing. They can cook food so fast. You can also take stuff that you've canned from your garden and you can seal those cans when you put it in the pressure cooker. But you do have to be careful with the pressure cooker because it builds up a lot of pressure. And at some point, you have got to let the pressure out. And if you don't, there will be an imminent explosion at some point. And so those pressure cookers, they have a, a valve, a pressure release valve that allows you to release the pressure in a safe way from the pressure cooker. And that's what communication is. It, it, it's a pressure release valve. So in that relationship, when there is that conflict, there is a way to release the pressure that's safe. So how does a, a lot of the problems arise? Well, an unsafe way is through exaggeration. You've heard it, the words like always and never. When we say things like, you always say that. Or, you never tell me anything. Or, we never go anywhere. Or, you, you know I've told you that a million times. And we have to be very careful about using words like always and never. Because those words are fighting type words that can occur. And when we speak truthfully to our neighbor, look as, as our text tells us here for it ends in verse 25 it says for we are members of one body you need to understand your your spouse is not just your husband or your wife but a fellow child of god a prince and a princess of the king and when we see one another we need to be reminded being made in the image of god how each of us are precious one of the memory verses I've been working on, this verse is, I was like, wow, this is one of those that just kind of blew my mind. This is Hebrews 2.11. Listen to this. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. That's some deep stuff. The one that makes us holy. we are not naturally holy we all have a need to be forgiven because we are not completely pure we've got a stained past and things we've said and things that we have done that, that have hurt other people so the one that makes us holy he doesn't have any of that he's the only one who is clean who is pure who is who could provide atonement for our sins, right? But it says, so the one who makes us holy and those who've been made holy, and who is that? That is you and me. We have been made holy by Jesus Christ. And, and I look, look what it says here. This is crazy stuff. He says, the one who makes holy 
and those who have been made holy, we are in the same family. Jesus is our brother. We're brothers and sisters. We are fully connected to God. When we sing that song, you're part of the family of God, we really are in the family because of God and because of his work. And, and so Jesus is not ashamed to call you brother and to call you sister and to say, I have that vital connection with you. And so when we look at our, our spouse, our loved one, we need to remember that person we might be a little mad at is a child of God like you are. And that relationship is, is, is precious and it's holy. And we, we need to speak to one another with, with truth, not falsehood. Secondly, be angry without sinning. Verse 26 of our text, he says, In your anger, do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. So, uh, be angry without sin. Sounds kind of strange. It's almost like a permission to let the anger fly. Uh, matter of fact, I heard a story about a lady. She went into a gun dealer. She said to the gun dealer, I want to buy a gun for my husband. And the gun dealer said, okay, great. What model of gun would your husband want? She said, I don't know. He doesn't know I'm going to shoot him yet. <laughs> now the dealer knew what she meant. Uh, she was angry. It, it's not just anger that's a problem. It's unresolved anger. Anger that is not dealt with. Anger that continues to grow and infest and, and, and cause separation and, and a desire to, to harm. And, and someone has said that anger is the noise of the soul. It, it's annoying. It's, it's not a type of music that you want to hear, but it's an annoyance that, that drives you crazy. And that noise grows louder and louder. It can cause different issues. He says here, in your anger, do not sin. So here's the issue. Whereas it appears, he says, uh, anger is allowable. It is allowable to express, but it is not allowable to sin. It, it took me back to uh, James chapter 1. You know, it's James chapter 1. What a great book. It's like Proverbs in the New Testament. You know, how to, how to really live the Christian life. You know, just some practical advice on what it means to, to follow Christ. And he says in chapter 1, he starts in verse 13, he says um, that God doesn't tempt us. He doesn't, he doesn't do that. And then in verse 14, it says, But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. See, there, there's, there's something in us, and, and man, we're dragged away, we're, we're enticed, we're hooked, we're trapped because of the appeal of sin that grabs a hold of us. But then he comes to verse 15, he says, Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, leads to death. So here's the issue. Yes, anger can be expressed, but anger must not be expressed so that it becomes sin because sin will lead to death. In other words, the scriptures tell us, don't let your marriage end up in death. 
Don't let your relationship become bitter so that there is a separation because to die is to be separated, to be separated from God, to be separated from my relationships, to be separated from our body. And God says, I do not want that type of divorce, a divorce of the most precious of relationships that are to be enjoyed here. I want that. I don't want bursts of temper that lead to death and rage and, and selfish behavior that tears apart a marriage. Listen to uh, Proverbs 18, 14. The human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? So if your mate becomes sick and, and, you, and you love um, her, you love him, and so you, you, you take care of that person because you love them. That's easier to deal with, the Proverbs says than to be so broken and to be so crushed because you've been wounded and, and you've been harmed. You have a crushed spirit. That can feel unbearable. So what are some ground rules in, in the fair fight? Um, number one, sometimes you just need a cool down. Sometimes things can get out of control so quickly that it's not just little little children that need a timeout. Sometimes big children need a timeout too so that they don't cause that destruction. Sometimes it can be helpful to be in a public place as long as uh, the argument hasn't gone too far so that it's too ugly so that you can have a little peer pressure to say, well, I don't want them to think what an idiot. Look how he's acting. You know, to, to give you a little positive peer pressure to stay under control as you're able to talk and share together. A third principle here from the text, he says, be reconciled without waiting. Look here, he says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold in your life. Gary Smalley said, when we bury anger inside of us, it's always buried alive. Anger should not continue to grow and ferment inside of us. It gives the devil a foothold. And when you give the devil a foothold, it becomes a stronghold. Don't, don't give the devil a foothold so that it may become a stronghold in your marriage. The word deals with prime ground. A position of authority. In other words, you could say, do not let the devil have an altar in the place of importance in your marriage. Do not provide worship and a place of authority to the devil in that relationship. Do not allow that to occur. There's a proper time to agree. There's a proper time to disagree. Um, there's a proper time to talk, a proper time not to talk. And, and you need to be aware of that. If, if you know, you use a little common sense. If you've had one of those days that has been very stressful and everything has gone wrong, and you know, you need to be aware of that in your spouse's life as well as your life. You don't want to come in when she looks like she's been in full battle mode for a couple hours with several different things that have been going on and say, all right, it's time for us to put on the boxing gloves and duke it out. No, that is not the time. Because that's going to end up in some, not only major stresses, but some major harm in the relationship. 
But when you do come to a point of agreement to talk and discuss, you've got to keep that appointment. You've got to be ready and you've got to be willing to carry it through because you don't want in any way to say, I don't want to work this out. You want to present an atmosphere of vulnerability to be willing to talk and to share. And you need to listen. You know, as it talks again in James, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Man's anger does not bring about the righteous life God desires. Our anger tends to be selfish instead of serve. And, and so we have to be sensitive to that. And, and we have to be sensitive to, to what we say. And sometimes we, we're just so hurtful, we don't even realize it. And we start saying things to one another that hurt. And we, we know how to do that. We know how to jab one another. We know how to hurt one another. Like one husband that said, one of my wife, when she gets mad, she doesn't get hysterical. She gets historical. What does that mean? It means she knows how to hit where it really hurts. And we're called to be servants, to talk, to be sensitive to one another. And then finally, to be open without hurting. <laughs> Someone wisely said, it's not what you say, but what they hear. You need to think about that. It's not only what you say but what they hear. Listen to verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, so that it may benefit those who listen. Are your words beneficial? Do they tear down or do they build up? It also says in James chapter 3, that you know that famous chapter on the runaway tongue, uh, where he says, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man. Uh, none of us, none of us are perfect, but that should not mark us to have a tongue that's out of control. I ran across one article that talked about um, things, uh, this dealt with anesthesia drugs, and the article was talking about sometimes things that are said while someone is under anesthesia and how it can be heard wrong, and cause all kinds of fear and struggle as the person is somewhat sedated but still able to hear. Um, so what are some of the words heard in the operating room? I'm going to shoot him now. <laughs> Speaking about, you know, a shot with a needle or an IV, but, uh, you know, the person under may not want to hear, I'm going to get shot right now, knowing what that may mean. Also, hook him up or hook her up to the monitor. The word monitor in the article says can be misconstrued monster. So, you know, you, uh, underneath the drug, you don't want to hear anything about a monster coming your way. Or one of the worst things the article said a doctor could say before his patients go under is, this is just not my day. Well, thanks, doc, as you're about to cut me wide open, you know, what a thought. It tells us in Proverbs 18, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. In Proverbs 12, 18, it says, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. There is really power 
in what we say. So when we say things like, I wish I'd never married you. Or that dress really looks bad on you. Now that would be a stupid thing, guys, to (laughs) ever say. But words certainly can have repercussions. Um, And you know, know, or I wish I'd never met you, or you're just like your mother or your father or kind of words that we that sometimes get the point across we think we need to raise our voice and get louder and louder and louder when in reality probably what we need to do is be gentle and speak to be heard but to speak with a gentle heart it says in Proverbs 15 verse 1 a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger So if you keep raising your voice, you raise a level of hostility in the room and in the conversation that can be misconstrued. And so instead, what does it tell us in verse 32 of our text? In chapter 4, he says, Be kind and compassionate to one another. We need to get rid of, look at verse 31, the verse just before that. We need to get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. And instead, we need to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as and God Christ has forgiven us. Christ has forgiven us. Um, you know, Ephesians chapter 5, is. there's a section in it probably best known as a marriage manual. And probably the thing that most people want to point out is where it says, Wives, submit to your husbands. You know, they're good under his rule. But if you really look at that section of Scripture, the focus is not upon one party. It's not just wives that are called to submit, but actually that whole passage of Scripture, and even goes all the way into chapter 6, is talking about submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, that we need to be servants instead of selfish. And listen, that is such a key to a good marriage. It is hard to stay angry with somebody that says, how can I serve you? What needs do you have? How can I help you? And that is literally the the primary message, I believe, in Ephesians 5 in that marriage manual, is we need to be submitted to God, and we need to be submitted to one another, and we need to be servants to one another. that's That's what God wants to do in our lives. And then let me give you three powerful words of great significance. Be able to say, I'm wrong. Sometimes that's not easy. But yet that is powerful to be able to say, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. When you're wrong, admit it. And when you're right, just shut up. So that's, uh, that's my wisdom there. But it all comes from being honest without lying, to be angry without sinning, to be reconciled without waiting, and to be open without hope. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the truth of your word, Lord. Um, Father, you, t- you tell us that there are times to talk, Lord. We, we don't need to let anger, conflict go unresolved. 
you resolved our sin at the cross and we need to be bold enough and loving enough to approach when needed with unresolved conflict that you may bring some resolution. Father, I thank you for your word and the truth of your word. And I just pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts in our, uh, in our homes that we might not allow conflict to go on and be unresolved, but that in your power, Lord, we might take your truth and apply it, Lord, and to be servants and to love one another. Lord God, you are the greatest servant of all. Your word says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, Father, may we want to be like you. Help us, Lord. Give us that servant's heart. In Christ's name we pray.